Well, good morning, everybody. This is Mark Tackett and John David Benford again this morning here in Santo, Texas. Uh, today, we're, uh, we're just going to talk about some, uh, some of the ways that, uh, personally, that the Lord really works in our lives to, to help us. Uh, there again, I know in the past, we talked about the subject of anxiety, worry, and fear, and these different things. Uh, and there's just some scriptures that I've ran through the last few days, just in my own personal devotionals that I'm going to bring uh, bring forth. And then, mm-hmm. just like always, uh, John, Dave, and I hadn't been together since last week, and uh, basically the Lord is, has has given him the same uh, thought process mm-hmm. or scriptures uh, uh, completely separately. And so this morning uh, started off with Psalm 136:26. It says. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Uh, in that psalm, it talks about a lot of, lot of things that, that God has done. But the very last verse of 136, it says, Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. And I really think that's key. I think that a lot of times, really, all that God the Father and Jesus wants from us is to come back and, and just say thank you mm-hmm. for the, th- the good things that he's done. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, we wonder where fear comes from mm-hmm. or anxiety or uneasiness. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times it is our, uh, our human nature wanting control and uh, not wanting to let go of control and wanting to control our circumstances, mm-hmm. the outcome, uh, the... Uh, and in, in a lot of times when our world is being disrupted mm-hmm. and, and we see chaotic things happening, it affects us in the core of our being, and we have to deal with that some way. Mm-hmm. And I'm really thanking, thankful that as a follower of Christ that he actually covers that if I will give that over to mm-hmm. him. And, uh, and so yesterday, uh, I woke up at about 4 o'clock in the morning, which for me is really, really early, Especially with the time change, that was three o'clock last week. And in my mind, I'm saying, "Well, this is really early. I need to sleep more." But after about 20 minutes of lying there, I decided to get up, and so I, I went through reading different scriptures and devotionals that I have. And this one really spoke to me. This one uh, is uh, uh, Psalm 138:3, and it was written by David. And uh, it it says, "When I called." You answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. And at that time in the morning, my heart didn't feel so stout-hearted. But after I read this, I said, "Well, Lord, I call, and uh, and I pray that you would make me bold and stout-hearted." And it's as if a it washed over me, and it I could feel my heart changing. Uh, and you know, God's word tells us over and over, "Do not fear," and uh, and so is the work that's going on in our lives and in the world or even our country, is it not God's work? Uh, and so we need to learn to trust the Lord in everything. Uh, so we kind of I jump down to Matthew 6:34 and it says, "Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself." Each day has enough trouble of its own. 
And so God's word is encouraging us that in our, in our worries, in our uh, anxieties, uh, that we really don't need to worry about tomorrow because each day has enough in its own that we just need to, get to live one day at a time and that we need to trust the Lord at all times. John David, what do you what do you have this morning? Man, I think trust is so important. I think trust and, and thankfulness. I don't know how often we pair those two together, um, but I think our relationship with the Lord, in in almost every case that I can think of, worship in general starts with having a heart of thankfulness. If we're not thankful for what Jesus did for us, then um, then why make Him Lord? You know, and and, and I think the more that we uh, remain with the heart of thankfulness, the more that we are mindful of the things that he's done and we're thankful for those things, the more that we are able to then trust that he's going to continue to do that work in right. our lives. And, um, and, and I love that you're using David. Um, on, on Friday, I sat down and, and had an unexpected uh, time in scripture, um, just time that I hadn't set aside that I decided instead of, you know, playing Pokemon Go or Twitter or certainly not Twitter, just being in Scripture. And um, I found a couple of verses that, that were from the heart of David as well as he's running from, mm-hmm. from Absalom. And he says, um, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. I was not afraid of the 10,000 enemies who surrounded me on every side. And then in the very next chapter, um, again, David, he says, in peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, O oh Lord, will keep me safe. Um, and, and, and I realize that both of these are, um, it, it's really hard to rest when we don't feel safe. Right. And, and I think in life, it's really hard to, uh, in the moments where we're anxious or unsettled, it's really hard to focus on anything other than those things that are making us anxious. And um, I think David, in both of these cases, and in, in in the gospel of Matthew, we just get a reminder that, that our God is in complete control right? and, and that he has eternally secured our safety. And so for, for those days where we're stressed or we're anxious and it, it, it doesn't mean that there's not reason to be stressed or anxious because there certainly is. Right. Um, but, but we have the ultimate comforter and the ultimate keeper and, um, God's not going to let us perish in anguish. Scripture makes that pretty clear. Right. Um, let's touch on when, when we read Scripture, um, you know, this is David writing that. Do you read that as a, uh, like you would a book, and this is just, these are just words, or do those words speak to you, or do you inhabit those words? Is that, does the Holy Spirit speak to mm-hmm. you, and does that bring about peace in your life? reading that David had peace. Absolutely. Um, so I think, first off, different parts of Scripture are different types of literature. And, you know, I can read through Leviticus and my eyes are probably going to glaze over. <laughs> but um, for me, that there, there are two individuals in Scripture um, that I resonate with. And, and if they have anything to say or if there's anything said about them, I pay extra close attention. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being Paul. Um, I'd like to say Peter. Sharon would probably say Peter because I say inappropriate things at inappropriate times. But uh, it's Paul. Um, I'm not saying that I'm a world-class um, 
evangelist, but um, I've got thorns in my flesh. Um, and, and so like when you get to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, um, and then David, um, I resonate very strongly with David and kind of the, I mean, it all comes back to mental health, I think. I think that David, if you look back at anybody in Scripture that struggled with mental health, I think that you definitely see examples of that in David's life where he's walking through really tough times or he's struggling with depression. And you've got, you know, 10, 20, 30 Psalms um, where David is pouring out his heart to God and asking, you know, look at Psalm 13. He doesn't have any clue. Right. Right. And But, but you know, David, yeah. uh, to... To, uh, to his benefit, a lot of times he was uh, surrounded by enemies. Mm-hmm. He was a warrior. Yeah. And so he's just revealing his heart of, mm-hmm. what, of what reality is around yeah. him and that God comes through over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, he had depression when he, when he got away from, yes. just like we do, mm-hmm. when, we, when we get separated from from our purpose and mm-hmm. from our Lord, like David, because of sin, we we can suffer depression. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of. Yeah. But a lot of times, I will uh, relate back that the accuser, which is Satan, sets traps for us, mm-hmm. uh, and especially when you're saved, uh, he wants to prohibit you from being uh, a good instrument for the Lord. And so he sets trap and he accuses you. Mm-hmm. And so Satan's weapons are guilt and shame. And uh, Romans 8, 8, 8 what? Romans 8, 28 uh-huh. or 2 Corinthians 12, yeah. 9. Well, Romans 8, 28, yeah. you had mentioned that one this morning. Yeah, so uh, you want me to read it? Yeah. Um, so Romans eight twenty eight says that we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And then Romans 8. Uh, eight one is uh, so there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Right, and so that's freeing. There was a time in my life where I I, I read that and I, I it just kind of like a light went off and I had to continually repeat that scripture mm-hmm. because it illuminated my my being in that when you come to realize that. Satan no longer has that power over you because there is no condemnation yeah. for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is a really freeing scripture, mm-hmm. and it actually enables you to actually be a little bit more purposeful. Well, the Lord to be able to use you, because if you're living in condemnation, then then you're pronouncing judgment on yourself, and you're not able to mm-hmm. to function the way. Uh, a little bit earlier, you you said uh, trust and thankfulness, kind of should be paired together. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one of my devotionals, it, uh, it's speaking from the Lord's perspective. It says, trust me at all times. Trust me one day at a time. And trust is not a natural response, and especially for those who have been deeply wounded. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of our lives, it's especially hard to trust. Mm-hmm. And it's especially hard to trust for someone who has been deeply wounded. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that? I mean, I think it's cause and effect. Um, I yeah. mean, it's it's like a it's like a, a two year old doesn't understand. Don't touch the stove until mm-hmm. he touches the stove. Right. Right. And and once he touches that stove, he understands 
I did this and this is what happens. And then I think as the older that we get, the more we're conditioned to not trust. Right. Right. You know, uh, last week I shared about, you know, my observations of different animals mm-hmm. that being dogs. I'll share one about cattle. You know, uh, if you if you have cattle and you work them or even dogs mm-hmm. and they get put in a position where they feel like they have been hurt mm-hmm. by you, uh, like cattle, uh, if if you vaccinate them or give them shots, you have to put them in a pen mm-hmm. and put them in a chute. And uh, you may find for a while those cattle are mm-hmm. really, really hard to get to pen because n- not all of them, but there will be a mm-hmm. few of them that will, they will not want to come mm-hmm. in again. Or uh, different things you might do to calves when they're growing up. They, they'll remember that. And uh, a dog can be the same mm-hmm. way that they feel like that you broke that trust and a lot of times as people were the same way that we have maybe even growing up they uh, children may have went to church with their parents and mm-hmm. they had a bad experience there mm-hmm. and as an adult they don't want to go back because mm-hmm. it, they did not have a good experience there and they mm-hmm. don't trust yeah. but what I want to say is that don't get that confused that experience with who Jesus really is because mm-hmm. Jesus is not that away. Jesus mm-hmm. is always at this point, there will be a time when Jesus is on the other side when we stand in judgment, but Jesus is always drawing us to him mm-hmm. himself. And sometimes we may have to go a hard road to, but it's always about redeeming us mm-hmm. and, and bringing us back to him. Uh, the, uh, and so a lot of times in our weakness, there's a scripture, and it was really hard for me to understand a lot. Of, you know, when I used to read this, it's a little bit easier for me now. But 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 9 and 10 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for, for me or for you, mm-hmm. for my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, this is in, this is encouraging because what this is saying is it's not about me; mm-hmm. it's about Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in me. Um, what do you think about that, John David? Man, this I can't read this verse without getting emotional. Um, this and I know I say all the time, my students here all the time that Ephesians six nineteen is the most powerful. Um, passage in, in my ministry, but as far as my life, Romans eight twenty eight that we just read, and this one, Second Corinthians twelve, really, you know, seven through ten, but especially um nine, verse nine, it's just it's been so impactful. Um I don't want to get into pity story time, but you know, when I w- we talked about this before we were starting mm-hmm. and um I just think it's relevant, but you know, I played um, I played hockey for Dallas Baptist University, um, and it was a really awesome time. Um, and but there's a part of hockey culture, um, and I was talking to a parent about this last night at the track meet, that athletes, hockey players, are afraid to come forward with injuries, and and I don't know what it is about hockey. It's just um, Everybody is so 
afraid of being weak. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch it in the NHL even. I mean, players will play through, you know, broken feet. And, and I don't know if it's for the love of the game. I mean, probably is. Or if it's just because they don't want to admit that they're that they're hurt, that they're weak. Right. Um, and so I had my second to last game of my second season. Um, my last season at DBU, I – I had I sustained a concussion. I was going into the corner to dig a puck out, and I had gotten tripped up. Um, it was an accident by the other guy, um, but I fell back and hit my head on the boards, um, and it moved my helmet up a little bit, and then I fell even farther and hit the base of my head without a helmet um, on the ice. And I skated over to the bench. I was probably only about 20 feet or so from the bench, and I skated over, and the trainer asked me, um, she said, you look like you took a pretty hard hit to the head there. And I was like, no, 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 it's just my shoulder. Because I had hurt my shoulder um, earlier that season and missed a couple of games and because um, I couldn't hold a stick. I mean, I, I couldn't play. And, um, you know, I, I set out the rest of the game, and then I played the next night. We had a game at the American Airlines Center after a Stars game and did not want to miss that. And so I played, and I vaguely remember warm-ups. Um, I felt like the scoreboard was about a foot above my head. And uh, Sharon told me one time that, um, Sharon and my parents, I have no idea. I can't remember anything from that day. But um, I was told after the game um, that I lined up on the wrong side of a faceoff. And I didn't play the rest of the game because obviously the coaching staff, the trainer knew that I was messed up. Um, and I had, I had taken a hit to the head early in that game and it, it wouldn't have taken much. It was just a a brush and my brain would have been bruised. And so two concussions in two days and for the next six months, nine months, maybe I struggled with severe depression, severe anxiety, um, stuttering and basically anything that you can associate with post-concussion syndrome. I dealt with for, for the, you know, more than half a year. And I've never had depression problems. I've never had anxiety to problems, but I was having um, pretty regular panic attacks. I was on medication. I was in and I went to the emergency room a few times. Um, felt like I was having a heart attack. And um, this is what I, I had this passage um, in my in my cubicle at work, and um, it, it was just you know. Each time, God said, my grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. And, and, and the whole context is Paul has this thorn in his flesh and he's, he's begging God. I mean, he asked three times. He's like, God, please take this away. Please take this away. Please take this away. And, and, and I remember begging God during that time. I'm like, this is all mental. Like, there's nothing physically wrong with me other than, um, you know, semi-permanent brain damage, I guess. But I was just begging God, please just take this away so that I can do my job. Take this away so that I can be present with my wife. Just take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And every time I would pray that God would take it away, I could just feel God telling me that it doesn't matter. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Um, and, and I think that we see Paul from this point forward just kind of settling into the fact that, yeah, he's got this thorn in his flesh, but he's going to use it to glorify God. 
And in the middle of that, we see the development in Paul's person through Scripture that that he is he's almost embracing his weaknesses, and he's taking not happiness in them, but he's finding joy in the ministry that's possible because of his weaknesses. Um, and, and so that's that's what I tried to do with my life. It's what I try to do now, to where you know that that damage is not gone. You know, I'm not in the the mental capacity that I was then. But, you know, every couple of years I'll go through a season of two to three months where I've got headaches and I've got um, maybe some stuttering issues or some anxiety. Um, and, and again, it's just like Satan sent a messenger to torment Paul. Um, I think that, I mean, I know that that's, that's what... Um, mental disturbances I mean they're directly from Satan and he's attacking us and trying to make us weak but what he doesn't understand is that when we are weak God is strong um, and he can't do anything to deter God's will so that's really good so it's a it's a realization that uh, uh that causes us to have more of a dependency mm-hmm. on the Lord. Um, well, that's really good. Um, how would you relate that to, to people that might be listening today as an encouragement to them? Just like David said, um, I go to bed, I, I rest, I wake up, and it's all God doing that. Yeah. Um, it's, man, like you said, that there, there there's one thing that, that I remember Brian um, Brian Grout, if you're listening to this, hey Brian, hope to see you this summer. Um, but he he would always tell us, as my youth pastor, it's not about you. Anytime we would complain about something, or man, it's so hot on this mission trip, or it's so hot outside, or I don't want to go do this, or I don't want to go do that, he would just say it's not about you. Um, and, and I think that in our daily lives, in those moments where we don't feel like trusting God or we're unsure. Um, I think it's helpful if we just take the pressure off of ourselves right. and say, it's not about me. Like there's, there's nothing that, um, there's nothing that I bring to the table that is going to help the kingdom of God other than my obedience to, to God's direction. Right. You know, a, a, as a youth pastor, I mean, I'm almost 33 years old and what, what in the world do students want to have to do with me if not for the gospel of Jesus? There's nothing that I bring to the table that anybody else doesn't. There's nothing that I bring to the table um, that that should even interest a teenager as a 30-something-year-old, except for the tools and the equipment that God gives me to minister. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's not me. That's the Lord and that's the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that I'm doing is being obedient. And so I think that if we adopt this mantra in our lives of it's not about me, Mm-hmm. Um, and then we allow God in the middle of our weakness to make his power strong and to, to work through us. And um, it, it's just a really beautiful thing. When we step back and we we understand and we're humble, the Lord really works through us. And, and man, we see him do really awesome things. And yeah. we just get to be along for the ride. And um, one, our ministry and our lives are more fruitful. And two, it just... It really takes the pressure off. Right, right. Um, 
you know, there, there, there is a thought, at least what I've read, that sometimes our worries and anxieties actually prevent God's work from actually mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. because we're not, we don't ever, we, we, it's like carrying a burden or we have a sack mm-hmm. on our back. We never take it off and actually give it to him. And so yeah. that those, those everyday worries and anxieties actually prevent us from, you know, it, and I'll, I'll share with you real quick. And I know we're, we probably need to close up on time, but, uh, I ran across the scripture, you know, I, I believe it's Romans fifteen thirteen. May the, may the God of all hope grant us, mm-hmm. uh, Peace and joys we trust in Him, uh, so that our hope may abound through the power of the Holy Spirit. That was a really comforting uh, scripture uh, for me because in that, uh, the to me the biggest benefit of, of being a follower of Christ mm-hmm. is peace and joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of that scripture, it it reveals that that is only brought about by the by the mm-hmm. power of the Holy Spirit. So it is not anything that we can buy or you know read enough to get it's the power of the holy spirit that's inside of us that that can bring about that Mm -hmm. that peace and joy as we in our weaknesses give that over and and just ask for help Mm -hmm. and then be and then have a thankful spirit when that does come i believe is is a real key and and probably a little bit of a secret to living a little bit of heaven on mm-hmm. on this side of 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 death yeah. you know and I, and I believe we have access to that uh but it's it's we need to to have an understanding mm-hmm. and 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 by faith actually live that out mm-hmm. in action uh, which isn't easy no so well you got anything to close with John yeah David? i i would say that in those moments in life where um, we work and we work and we work and we work and we dig and we just, we feel completely hopeless. Um, remember that, that you're not where hope comes from. Jesus is where hope comes from, um, because of what he already did. Um, and I think that is a profound lesson for us to learn in life. Um, the most important lesson we can learn in life is that hope comes from him and not from us. That's good. Well, let's close today and I'll leave, I'll close with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for John David, Lord, and in what he shared today, Lord, from his heart and from his relationship with you. Uh, Lord, that takes trust right there to open up and reveal times in our lives when we, we hurt and we, we just suffer, and in uh, that you bridge that gap back to life and that there is light on the other side. And Lord, we just, I just pray that, that some today, someone today or in the future will hear what was spoken, your words. These are not our words. These are your words that we spoke and that it will touch their heart and give them hope and encouragement or maybe even cause someone to uh, give their life over uh, to you and ask you into their heart. And so, Father God, you are so good. You're so kind. You're so, so good, and you're faithful. And we just thank you and praise you this day. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All righty.